0: Karen Cutler with the Voice of the Viatorian. Today I will be sharing an article that was published in the 1921 Alumni Edition of the Viatorian, the St. Viator College Journal. It's entitled Two October Saints. The glory of the Mother Church is the galaxy of her saints. From the very moment of her Pentecostal birth to the present time, A valiant army of heroic champions, a vast array of martyrs, confessors, and holy virgins, have written their life deeds across the pages of history in flames of divine love, so that those who read may know and appreciate the truly great men and women of the ages. For at the command of the Master they have let their good works shine before men. And have glorified their Father who is in heaven. No portion of the Lord's vineyard is without its heavenly protector. No walk in life is without its particular pattern. Not one of the spiritual or temporal works of mercy have been forgotten or left unpracticed in a heroic degree by the chosen of God, who in all ages have heeded the call, Come, follow me and like the fishermen of old, have gone forth to the highways and byways of the world to do the deeds of God, because God has willed it. It may be a mere coincidence, or it may have been by divine appointment, that the feast of two such saints is celebrated by the church on the same day, October 21st. Be that as it may, Surely it could not have been more befitting, for there are certain similarities in the lives of St. Ursula and St. Viator that make it appropriate that these models of youth should have a common feast, and that their hallowed names should be linked together as a memorial of the great work for which each stands. Briefly, both were saints of remote ages. Both died in voluntary exile for the love of God. Both labored effectively but obscurely in the master's vineyard. Both were virgin saints, and both in later centuries were chosen the patrons of congregations of religious teachers which bear their names, and as such their apostolate will never be dimmed through endless ages. Part 1 History is, silent in the most, history is silent in the most part concerning the life of St. Ursula, and so much legendary lore is centered about that valiant virgin that it is difficult to distinguish between legend and the authentic evidence. Commentators, however, give us sufficient proof that she was a princess of Britain, the daughter of Dionatus, king of Cornwall. When that fair land was invaded by the pagan Saxons toward the middle of the fifth century, and persecution was felt throughout her native land, she with the young children who are said to have been under her care, together with the other maidens who had banded together under her guardianship, fled from the hordes of barbarians and embarked for the friendlier shores of America, where under the sovereignty of Conan, a British prince, they might find a place of safety to continue their life of service and sacrifice. The heroic virgins had sought refuge among their kinsmen of Gaul, but a a terrific storm scattered their ships, and Ursula and her companions were cast ashore on some islands in the Rhine River, near the present site of Cologne. Here, however, Ursula was to find, in a foreign land, what she had sought to avoid by flight from her native shores. A horde of barbaric Huns, having invaded the Rhineland, Ursula, together with her heroic band, being in danger of shameful outrages, suffered death rather than sully the robe of her baptismal vows, and thus joyfully gained the double crown of virginity and martyrdom. From time immemorial the name of St. Ursula has been held in the highest veneration throughout the world, and she has been revered as the protector of the young. Though little is known of her life, in death she became renowned, and today devotion to her is widespread among the various nations of the world. The first religious congregation founded exclusively for the education of the young was placed under her protection, and several others of more recent foundation have chosen her as their heavenly protector, so that the name Ursuline stands for all that is best in educational circles. The bodies of St. Ursula and her companions are buried in a magnificent church erected on the site of their heroic sacrifice. This beautiful edifice was erected by Clematis in the fifth century, in fulfillment of a vow vow which he made to restore the century-old shrine of the saint and her holy companions. An epitaph carved in stone in the choir of the present basilica bears the following inscription, commemorative of the pious act, and is one of the few authentic records bearing on the history of the English virgins. The following is an English translation of the original, and this is what gives rise to the inference that the martyrs were virgins and that they suffered in the 5th century. Clematius was frequently animated by the divine fire of inspiration to extol the resplendent virtues and majesty of martyrs and of celestial virgins. Coming from the east, he restored this basilica in fulfillment of a vow which he had made. Hence, if anyone should bury a body except that of a virgin in this majestic temple, where the blood of virgins was shed for the name of Christ, let him be punished in eternal flames of hell. The magnificent basilica is a center of devotion to Ursula, which is almost limitless. And countless miracles and cures throughout the ages have been procured through intercession to the martyrs of Cologne, which city is foremost in veneration of the holy relics and is not unmindful of its precious inheritance. The spirit of the great Saint Ursula has animated countless other virgins of diverse races and climes, and today countless virgins are following in her train worthy indeed to be called her companion, crowned with the lily crown of virginity, indeed, but like this glowing prototype of old, some also have won the added crown of martyrdom. Part 2 Like that of St. Ursula, the life of St. Viter is one concerning which there is little to record. Extant records of the Church of Lyon, France, inform us that St. Vider lived in the 4th century and was a lector in the cathedral of that city. He is the earliest type of the teacher of the religious schools. His young life was spent in the exercise of the important functions of the lectorate, namely in reading and expounding the Holy Scriptures to the people, And in instructing the children in the lessons of the catechism, that he was filled with the love of God and displayed great zeal and ability in the performance of his duties cannot be questioned, for he was held in the highest esteem by his ecclesiastical superior, the holy bishop Saint Just, and was loved by the Christians of his native city. Ecclesiastical writers refer to our saint as. A most holy youth who, on account of his eminent virtues, was much beloved by his bishop. After the Council of Aquila in 381 A.D., Saint Just decided to lay aside the duties of his episcopal see and retired into the penitential solitude of the Egyptian Thebaid. As the companion of his voluntary exile, He chose St. Viator, and after spending several years in the exact observance of the rules of the austere monastery of Sip, both the aged bishop and his youthful lector died in the odor of sanctity. Shortly afterward, the bodies of the two saints were brought back to Lyon in triumph and laid to rest in a magnificent tomb in the Church of the Maccabees now the Church of Saints Viator and Just, where they received the veneration of the faithful for centuries until the fury of the Revolution burst over France in 1793, and a mob, breaking open the sarcophagus, threw the relics of the saints into the Rhone. Fortunately, a large piece of the arm bone of St. Viator was preserved by the pious sacristan by whom it was given many years after to the Rev. Louis-Marie Joseph Curbs of of Lyon, after he had founded the parochial clerics in 1835. St. Viter was chosen the celestial patron of the clerics of St. Viter by Pope Gregory XVI when he approved the institute which has for its pious work the education of youth and which today spreads its branches afar, teaching, as did St. Viator in ages past, the saving truth of Christ to children of other races and climes. Seldom, indeed, is it that saints so obscurely hidden in the midst of ages exert such tremendous and widespread influence as do Saints Ursula and Viator, yet with the divine prescience There is no time, and indeed here is one of the many instances in which Christ has exalted the humble and meek. If the facts in the lives of St. Ursula and St. Peter are unknown to the inquisitive eyes of later ages, at least by their works, we know that their glory is magnificent, and it is but meet and just that those patrons of youth bearing such striking similarity be forever linked with the wholesome and Christ-like work of Christian education. That's it from the Voice of the Viatorians. On a personal aside, I was educated by the Ursuline community in Springfield, Illinois, and now I minister with the Viatorian community. So both these saints have a special meaning to me. To learn more about the Viatorian community and its history, go to our website www.viatorians dot com.